Alright, so turn to Colossians chapter uh, 1. I almost said 4, but we're actually on um, Colossians lesson 4 today. Uh, Sunday, May the 21st, and I am recording. So uh, we're going to do, like I said, lesson 4. And I want to go ahead and read, uh, Just we're going to start back with the beginning. We're going to read down to verse 18. And then we're going to back up and see what we can do. So, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, and Timotheus, our brother, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ, which are at Colossae, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which ye have to all the saints. For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, or have ye heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel, which is come unto you as it is into all the world, and bringeth forth fruit as it doth also in you, since the day ye heard of it, and knew the grace of God in truth, as ye also learned of Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is for you a faithful minister of Christ, who also declared unto us your love in the Spirit. So I'm going to stop there for just a second. Now again, this is the introduction that we went through a few weeks ago. And he's basically, uh, he, he's introducing himself to them. And he's basically telling them, this is what we've heard of you guys. And this is what, where you guys are at, and, you know, we're praying for you, but, but you're doing good. Keep up the good work. And then he, you know, he talks about Epaphras, and Epaphras was apparently their pastor, or at least started their church. And so he's, he's putting the names in there, making it personal. And then, uh, verse 9 says, For this cause, since we, since Epaphras has told us of you, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, and desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. So that is key. He wants them to grow in the knowledge of God. And that's really what we all ought to be striving for. That's what I hope you guys are doing. That's what I, I, I hope for myself. Anybody that is a Christian needs to be con- continued to be filled with the knowledge of God. How do you do that? By studying your Bible, by praying, by being walking in the Spirit and all that. But that's going to help you on that. And then verse 10 says that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, unto all patience and long suffering, with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. So this is his prayer that's going out to them now. And then he starts just kind of giving them some doctrine. Verse 13. Who, Christ, hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, and then he goes on to keep talking about what Christ has done for us. And he says, who, Christ, is the image of the invisible God, 
the firstborn of every creature, for by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, and all things might and in all things might have the preeminence. Now I'm going to stop there, and that's basically where we're at. But basically, like I said, this, he's trying to give them some information. He, he, he starts right off the bat and says, we've heard of you from Epaphras. We know that he's taught you the word of God and we want to give you some more. And that's what Paul basically does with the rest of his church epistles. He's giving them more God's word. He's giving them more information. And that's what he's doing here. And then not only does he want them to have that, he, he wants them to walk in it. And that's what we're going to see with the rest of the book. But right off the bat, his prayer kind of goes into who Christ is. And so last week, if you have your hand out there, last week we saw what Christ has done for us in verses 9 through 14. And so what has Christ done for us? What did he do for the Colossians that he lays out here? For first of all, he says, Christ has delivered us from the power of darkness. Okay? And so that's what Christ has done for us. And right now we keep looking around and we're like, man, this world is getting darker and darker and more sinful and more sinful. Guess what? Christ has delivered us out of this world. Hallelujah. You know, you know, Christ has delivered us. He delivered the Colossians from a sinful life. You know, before we got saved, we were sinful. I'm not saying we don't still sin, but Christ has delivered us from a sinful life, from a sinful nature, and having a dead soul. Did you ever think about that? Before we accepted Christ as our Savior, our soul was dead. It was, and he, 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 he does an operation made without hands and he cuts that dead soul away to make it alive. And that's back to D1 material. You guys have been through that. Um, but he's delivered us from the power of darkness and he's given from that. That's what it said. And then last week we talked about he has, uh, it says translated, but that's a, uh, uh, that goes in your blank. I'm sorry. So, uh, and not really, I'm sorry. Uh, my tongue is getting wrapped around my eye tooth and I can't see what I'm doing. So, the blank is, what's another word for translated? We talked about this last week. Because it says here in verse 13, let's read it. Who Christ hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us. What's another word for translated? Changed. Changed is one. I like transferred. He trans, he transferred. So transferred is what goes in your blank. Okay. You know, God has transferred us from a sinful life and he's brought us to a sinless life. Because we don't use the word translated in a sense anymore. In a a sense, it's kind of like we've been traded. Okay. I remember years ago, Carrie and I used to teach the league ball up at Kent State Baptist Temple. T-ball. That was, that was a, that was a mess. I can imagine what the soccer is out there. (laughs) And uh, for all you guys doing soccer, hey, that's just part of the course. And so, 
so we had a pretty good team. And, and again, the goal is to bring people in from the outside, to get them to teach them how to play ball, to do a devotion, to get them to the point where maybe they get saved or their parents get saved. And so uh, the first year we go through all that and uh, it, it was a mess. One year, one one day they would do great, and we would just clobber the other team. And I'm thinking, oh man, we've got this down. You know, the team is so good, and I'm the best coach. And the next week, the first guy hits the ball, and he goes to third base, and it goes downhill from there. And I'm like, okay, I guess it's not the best team, and I'm not the best coach. <laughs> I know. And the next thing you know, they're eating bugs in the outfield and all that. So, you know, it's, it's, it's just crazy what these little kids do. But anyway, we had this team and I remember the next year I was calling the kids, uh, to let them know they were on my team. And, but one kid got a call from another coach because when they picked, picked the team, he didn't end up on that same team again. And I heard from this coach, he goes, Oh no, coach Bob traded me. <laughs> and I'm like, that was kind of funny. And I had to assure him, no, you just got picked by somebody else, probably got on a better team. But it just brings me to the point, he was transferred to another team. So my point is, we have been transferred from a, from a sinful, dark world life, all that. He has transferred us into what? The kingdom of Christ. Now think about that to a sinless life, to a sinless nature, and a glorified body is waiting for us. Hallelujah. So when you get up and you're aching, or you're near walking out this door and you're aching, or tonight when you're aching, I'm sorry I said that, but the bottom line is we have a glorious body waiting us. So just remember that. And God has, has cut our soul away from our flesh, and we have a living soul now. So if you see right here off the bat, he's starting to, he goes right out of his prayer. He starts telling these guys, I want you to know who Christ is from the very top. And I mean, he pours it on here. He really lays it out, which really is great for us because it just shows who Christ is. It really is starting to paint a picture of who Christ is and what he's done for us. Okay, So he's transferred us into the kingdom of Christ. The next bullet point says he has redeemed us through his what? His blood. Blood goes on there. Now, I don't know... uh, most of you were here last week. Now, now there was a lady here last week and her Bible did not say blood. Yeah. It took it out. I felt bad that, that I didn't, I, I wasn't trying to push that on her. I was going to make that a really strong point and then, you know, what do you do? Is, I, I'm just going to point it out there, but she saw that. So, uh, yeah. It's listed in here twice. So was it not listed in either place in her Bible? That I don't know, but we had her, she read that one verse. 20, verse 14 and verse 20. Well, we didn't go down to 20. That's probably why. But, uh, I haven't went that far actually either. But it's interesting. And I mentioned that, that that's one of the places that, that other Bibles will just take out the blood because they want to get the, the, and let me just say this, and I'm on tape. The Catholic Church wants to take the focus off of the blood of Christ onto forgiveness of sins and I'm suspecting a lot of that's from their priest. It is Christ who 
forgives us our sins. And He can only forgive us our sins by His redeeming us through His death, sacrifice, and blood. Okay? And resurrection. The blood. Absolutely. And so, uh, yes, and, and he took, he took his blood and put it on the altar in heaven to pay for our sins. So without that blood being shed, we can't have our sins forgiven. Okay. So we talked about that last week. So, um, we are redeemed through his blood. And not only that, I didn't put it down here. He's also forgiven us. So, what's another word for redeemed? I don't have that in my notes here, but I'll just throw that out. Redeemed. Bought. Bought. Paid for. So, Christ has bought us, paid for us, because He was the substitute. And He bought us through His blood. So, now we're going to get down to the fullness of Christ in creation. And that's really what I want to focus on today. Um who Christ is according to the scriptures and, and this really goes right along with that point that uh, uh, what we've already seen what Christ has done for us. So number one it says who is Christ according to and you have a blank there and we're going to look at people in the Bible. And so I have a list of I think several people here and what they say of who Jesus is. Because again what we're doing is is just painting a portrait. Who Who is Christ? Will the real Christ stand up? And who is He? What is He? What's He done for us? Who is He? And all that. And we're just going to put it all together here. So in John chapter 1, let's go back to John. Hold your finger in Colossians. But go back to John chapter 1. And we're going to look at John the Baptist. Now again, I think I'm preaching to the choir today. You guys know what John the Baptist, who he is. And you probably already know what I'm going to say, but we're going to look at it anyway. According to John the Baptist, and let's just look at it and see what he says. Verse 1 says, John chapter 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God, and all things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. So that's kind of making sure we're talking about John the Baptist, not John the Apostle. Verse 9 says, That was the true light which lighteth every man that lighteth, that cometh into the world. Verse 10, He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came into his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received, received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And John bare witness of Him and cried, saying, This was He whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for He was before me. 
And of His fullness have we received uh, grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came from Jesus Christ. And no man hath seen God at any time, the only begotten of the Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. And this is the record of John, when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who art thou? And he confessed and he denied not, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, What then art thou, Elias? And he said, I am not. Art thou that prophet? And he answered, No. And then they said unto him, Who art thou? that we may give an answer to them that sent us. What sayest thou of thyself? And he said, I am the voice of the one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as saith the prophet Isaiah. And they which were sent were of the Pharisees. And they asked him, and they said unto him, Why why baptizest thou then, if thou not be the Christ, or that Christ, nor Elias, neither that prophet and John answered them, saying, I baptize with water, but there standeth one among you whom you know not. He who he it is who coming after me is preferred before me, whose shoes latchet I am not worthy to unloose. But these things were done in Beth Bara, beyond the Jordan, where John was baptizing. The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him, and saith, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Now, I read a lot of things to really get to where I wanted, but all that was good info. But according to John the Baptist, who is Christ, he's the Lamb of God that came to take away the sins of the world. And so, uh, and then my uh, uh, B, the next point says, according to Peter. Now, think about this. If I just asked you Bible students in here, what did... Do you remember that Jesus asked Peter who he was and what Peter answered him? Uh, We'll skip the Matthew verse and let's go over to John. We're already in John, so just a couple more pages over. John chapter 6, verse 66. That's kind of strange. we got three sixes right there. So uh, why is that? Uh, Let me get to where I'm at. John 6.66 says, of, of, let me back up, John 6, verse 66, okay? It's got to have a negative connotation to this verse because of the number. And it's from th- that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. So is that negative? Yeah. Yeah, it's negative. And so, uh, very, very serious right here. Up until this point, he had all these people following him, and then, uh, you know, he, he was talking about turning, um, let me see what the passage was, but what he, he gave them some teaching that was really hard for them to understand, and a lot of them left. Can you imagine that? Jesus teaching a group of people, and they didn't get what he was saying, they didn't buy what he was saying, and they left. And then he turns to Simon Peter. Verse 7, 67 says, Then said Jesus unto the twelve, Will you go away? Then Simon Peter answered him. Now, I like good old Simon Peter because he, he's like the first guy that, that speaks up. And sometimes he sticks his foot in his mouth. So it makes me feel, you know, makes me think, okay, I, I, I kind of fit right in that group. But at least he speaks up and this is what he says. 
Uh, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life, and we believe and are sure that Thou art that Christ, the Son of the living God. So he believes that Jesus is the Son of the living God. John the Baptist said that he was the Lamb of God that came to take away our sins. And so I'm going to skip over a few of these here. In fact, let's just go through them. We're not going to a fire. If we don't get done today, we'll just pick it up next week. So uh, uh, I always worry about getting done with the lesson. But you know what? Let's get through through it without hurrying, okay? And so we've already looked at John the Baptist. We've looked at Peter. But have you ever thought about looking at Martha in the Bible to see what she said about Jesus? Okay, so you're still in the book of John. So go over to John chapter 11. And at this point, uh, Lazarus is dead. But I want you to see what Martha tells Jesus here and what she really says about him. Okay? So, uh, John 11, starting in verse 23. Let's back up a little. We'll get to context. Um, Verse 20. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him, but Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. Don't you know that just kind of tore Jesus up? And But she says, verse 22, But I know that even now whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. Now that's kind of really showing her faith right here. In verse 23, Jesus saith unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. Verse 24, Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. So she knows her Bible. She knows what she's been taught. Verse 25, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And who... Whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? She said unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. So, she knows who Jesus is. And when I read that, with between Martha and Mary, Martha always kind of gets the negative attitude when, when uh, Jesus comes to stay with them and, and she's all about fixing the, the, you know, where they're going to sleep and the meal and all that. And Mary was sitting at his feet. And I look at that sometimes and I'm like, I understand you have to have Martha's. You have to have somebody there fixing the food. Would you, would Jesus stop at your house and you not fix food for him? I mean, even the guys in here would probably order pizza. I mean, we'd do something, right? I mean, but so Martha was always about doing the things and it wasn't that she didn't have faith. It was just at the, that particular time she should have been listening. She should have, she should have probably hired, uh, called out for pizza while she sat at Jesus' feet and then they all ate later. I don't know. But I think Martha always gets kind of a bad rap and actually Martha is the lady that's full of faith. And she she may have been the mature Christian that that had the faith more than Mary did, and Mary needed to actually be there at Jesus' feet more than she did. But anyway, that's that's really not in the in the passage here. But Martha throws out who is 
the Christ. Who is Jesus? And she says he's the son of the living God. So let's go over and look at what Paul says in Acts chapter 9. What does he say about Jesus? Acts chapter 9, and we're going to look at verse 20. Remember, you got Paul, whose name was Saul. He's the Pharisee. He's going to Damascus, and he's going to Damascus to arrest Christians and haul them back to Jerusalem. And let me tell you, it wasn't just to have a nice talk with them. It was to kill them if they didn't recant. And so he goes there, and of course we know the story. He's on the road to Damascus. Jesus meets him. He gets saved, and he goes on. And I mean, it doesn't take long. And because uh, we talk about Ananias is in verse 17 and 18. Immediately, you know, Paul Saul had his eyesight was restored. Um, verse 19, and when he had received meat, he was strengthened. Then was Saul certain days with the disciples, which were at Damascus. And straightway he, Paul, Saul, preached Christ in the synagogue, said he is what? The Son of God. He didn't waste any time. Now, I know that Jesus hasn't physically appeared to us. So, I mean, He may have been go, go you know, for, forward, forward, what do I want to say here? He, I'll have to go. <laughs> My word's not coming out again. But I mean, He's, He's all, He's all in and He's like, man, I have got to preach Jesus. And, and right off the bat, He says He is the Son of God. And then what does Jesus say? Who does Jesus say that he is? So turn back, turn back to John again. John chapter 14. And so maybe you're sitting here and you're going, God, and you're saying, Bob, you're just, you're just, you're, you're using the Bible to tell who Christ is, but you're using people in the Bible to tell who Christ is. And I'm, and here's my answer. There's nowhere else to go. I mean, I can go to you guys and ask you who you think Jesus is, but it doesn't have, hold the weight that it does in, in scripture. And so, John chapter 14, and again, famous passage, we all know this, but I want to see what Jesus says here. And we may be back to this verse, or chapter, a little bit later on. But John chapter 14, and let's start in verse 6. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh in the Father but by me. If ye had known me, ye should have known my Father also. And from henceforth you know him and have seen him. Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. And I'm reading this and I'm thinking, now wait a minute. These are the twelve apostles here. And they want Jesus to show them the Father. And again, you gotta remember, they don't have the Holy Spirit like we do. They don't have the written word like we do. But they do have the living word with them. And he's gonna explain it to them. And, uh, let's pick this back up. And Philip again says, just show us the Father. And what does Jesus say? Verse 9. Jesus say unto him, have I been so long a time with you, and yet have you not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the Father. How sayest thou then, show us the Father? Believe thou that not I am in the Father, and the Father in me? 
the words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very works sake. And so he basically makes the point, I'm not only just the Son of God, I'm God. That's what Jesus says. Okay? So if you're, um, again, who is Christ according to people in the Bible? Now we're going to go back and look. Okay, so who is Christ in the passage that we're studying in Colossians? I just wanted to give you a little background. And so, who is Christ according to Scripture goes in your blank. What does the Bible say? What is Paul trying to express to the Colossians? And there's a reason why that Paul is, is telling them who Christ is right off the bat. Because there has been things creeping, bad doctrine creeping into the church that's taking away the authority of Christ. So he starts right off the bat to give them why Christ has the authority. This is why Christ is the head of the church. This is why Christ has the authority. And he just starts laying it all out. You know, it's kind of like a court of law. Of course, he's a Pharisee of the Pharisees, right? Saul would probably line it out that way. And so, who is Christ according to Scripture? A says, Christ is the image of God. Okay, so we've got some verses there. So, he says that back in... Let me go back and look at this. Verse 15. Who is the image of the invisible God is actually what it says there. And so, um, well, let's look at this. Christ is the image of God. What does that mean? Picture of God? Okay. Is that what you're wanting? Yeah, that's what I'm wanting. Christ is, and I don't, you have a, a line under A there, right? Mm-hmm. Christ is the visible Goes in your blank. Visible. Form of God. So, we can't see God, but Christ says, yeah, but I'm here and you can see me and I am God. Right. And so again, the apostles were having a hard time grab this, grabbing this. And so Jesus was telling them, I'm in the Father and the Father's in me. You've seen me. You've seen the Father. Here it says He is the image of God. So what is that? Christ is the visible form of God. Or you might even say He is the visible form of the invisible God. And farther on, Christ is, uh, is the Godhead, well, Christ is the Godhead manifest in the flesh. So when you see Christ, it's all three. It's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit all wrapped up in a fleshly body. Now that's kind of hard for us to figure out. I can't explain it any different than that. I don't say that I understand it completely, but the Bible tells me that when Jesus was standing here on earth, He was completely God and completely man. You hear some people say, well, he was man, but you know, he really wasn't God. Or he was the son of God. Right. So you see all kinds of variations. But we're laying it out here and it's like, no, this is who Christ is. He is, he is, he is God with skin on. That's who he is. And not only God, 
all of God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit in the flesh. Okay? So let's look at a few of these verses. Um, is everybody tracking with me? Okay, again, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir, so I have a good group to, to teach today. Um, let's look at our first verse here. Where are we at? Second Corinthians chapter 4. Can I have somebody read verses 1 through 4? Therefore, seeing we have this ministry as we have received mercy, we faint not, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is in the image of God, should shine unto them. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna correct you just a little bit. It says, because you're just like me, you get you get to go in that last. Read that last verse again, or that last four. Yes, the. Okay. The last line. Oh, the last line. All right. Uh, the gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Right. Okay. So, who is the image of God? That's who Christ is. He's not in the image of... He is the image of God. Okay? So, yes, Christ is God. Okay? And then we already, let's go back to uh, the book of John. And I'm going to wrap this up real quick. Uh, John chapter 14. And we're going to read starting with verse 1 because I think we started in verse 6 earlier. John 14. And let's just read down to 6. How's that? Because we've already read 6. It says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, and if it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that wherein I am, there ye may be also. And whether, and whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know. And Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? And Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And I think I'll stop right there, because I've already read all the rest of that. That's just another place where uh, that tells us, basically, um, I'll get to my notes here, that he is the image of God again. Okay? So we have Second Corinthians, John fourteen, and let's look at one more, Romans one twenty. Romans one twenty says, For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. 
Well, we know, we know that, uh, Christ, Christ was fleshly, but His Father in heaven is spiritual. You can't see Him, He's invincible. And yet we know there are, there are things, uh, in creation that are invisible. You know, we can't see air, we can't see a lot, of, we can't see molecules unless you have a, that. But yet we know that, um, they're there. Christ is the visible form of God, just like there are other things that are invisible, but yet we find out that they are there. Okay? And so next week I think we'll start off with B, where Christ is the firstborn of every creature. So he's really just pointing or putting a picture here of who Christ is. We're going to look at that. And uh, he's the creator of all things. Before him, he sustains all things. He's the head of the church. So Paul just starts laying this out and he's getting the groundwork so then he's going to start telling them coming up in another chapter, this is what I hear is going on there. But because of what you've already learned, this is what you need to refute that. So we'll see that coming up. Okay. So, let's, uh, I'm going to go ahead and pray. And Any, any questions? I probably have, you probably have a ton of questions since there's several things I just didn't get, uh, described the way I wanted to today, but, but, uh, they're there. Go back and, and look at the verses, go through it. You got, so basically you got some homework. You've got the rest, what we're going to do next week, kind of go through that and we'll go from there. But we're just pointing out who is Christ and why he's so important for us. So Father in heaven, we come before you today, Lord. We, we thank you for loving us. Thank you for giving us your, your book. And I just pray that each one of us would be reading your book on a daily basis, would be studying it, and we would just get to know you more as we walk with you on a daily basis. And that, just know it, Lord, but then we turn around and, and use it in our daily life. So I pray for that. I pray you give each one in, in here a, a good week this week. Be with the people that have test and, and go to the doctor this week and just help them to, to figure out what needs to be done. And we just ask your blessing on that. And in Christ's name, amen.